you're tuned in to the Three Pixels podcast. This episode is produced by Alan Taylor. Hi guys, welcome back to the Three Pixels. So we're almost a week out from the Oscars now. It's old news. In fact, who's even thinking about them anymore? We've already discussed the whole Kevin Hart host debacle, sang along to Gaga and Cooper, and gushed over Olivia Colman's heartwarming speech. This is hilarious. <laughs> Gone Oscar. <laughs> um, but it's done. Why am I still talking about it now? Well, this episode isn't about the ceremony. It's about what's going to follow. All because of the controversial win of an uncontroversial film. And the Oscar goes to... Green Book. And what it means for the immediate future of cinema. Green Book has five Academy Award nominations. Movies generally get funded for two reasons. One, because producers think they'll make money. And two, because producers think they'll win awards. And stay in theatres for longer. And make money. The blockbuster box office aside, awards shape the types of movies that get funded far more than we'd like to acknowledge. And as much as we love to complain about how meaningless they are, the Academy Awards are more than just Hollywood slapping itself on the back. It affects change in the landscape. If it didn't, Netflix wouldn't have poured over $25 million into Roma's Oscar campaign, over double the film's actual budget. With that meaningless gold statue potentially enticing a wave of new subscribers, Netflix would have had much more confidence in funding more movies in the vein of Alfonso Cuaron's delicate personal story, which would have been better for all of us. Will they continue to do so without the win? We'll have to wait to find out. As well as Roma, there were some significant movies up for nomination, and even some that were unjustly not nominated. And I really don't think that Green Book is among that crowd. Green Book is sold as a story about Dr. Don Shirley, an African-American pianist embarking on a concert tour of the Deep South in 62. In need of a driver and protection, he recruits Tony Lip, a rough bouncer from the Bronx. Despite their differences, they develop an unexpected friendship in the era of segregation. Yeah, some guy called over here, a doctor. He's looking for a driver. You interested? I am not a medical doctor. I'm a musician. I'm about to embark on a concert tour in the Deep South. What other experience do you have? Do you foresee any issues in working for a black man? You and the Deep South? There's gonna be problems. Except, it's actually a story about Tony Lip. A white man from the Bronx that gets asked by an African-American pianist to drive him around 1962 Deep South, and they form an unlikely friendship. It's from his point of view. Apart from the nothing controversy that always dogs a movie's awards campaign, remember all the eye that followed three billboards? No? Exactly. It normally dies down after the ceremony, in spite of the fact that the family of Dr. Shirley have boycotted the movie, and the writers have a questionable past. Green Book really isn't a controversial movie. It's still the safest, overly familiar, most traditional Oscars pick that could have been chosen as the winner of the best picture this year. And it's a step backward. So much progress has been made in recent years in showcasing and recognizing meaningful, sincere, challenging films. To a degree, it's still the Oscars, but they were wandering in the right direction with Shape of Water and more so Moonlight. On Sunday, what we essentially got was a role reversal driving Miss Daisy, the best picture winner of 30 years ago. Driving Miss Daisy, it is just the reverse. A rich old white lady gets driven around by Morgan Freeman. She starts out racist, they learn to overcome their differences, happy ending, racism solved. You took the wrong turn at Old Polite. Oh, well, now you took it with me, Miss Daisy. 
And you got the map. They wouldn't give in. And not to dwell on the comparisons with other racism-challenging movies, but it's unavoidable. Black Klansman, Beale Street, even Black Panther all had something to say that wasn't reductively, oops, we're sorry about racism, but don't feel guilty, all is forgiven, it's easy to solve. They all told their movies from, as far as the Oscars is concerned, an unconventional perspective. There exists a version of Green Book, told from the perspective of Don Shirley, that I'm sure would be able to hang with its peers, but this is not that movie. And unlike those, Green Book places all of the issues it discusses firmly in the past, further removing us from any urgency to have this conversation. But this isn't a review of Green Book. There are a lot of people who did enjoy that movie. And okay, it, it, it's funny, it's positive, it's heartwarming, and that warm heart is in the right place. It's fine. So why am I being so critical? How can I say positivity shouldn't be rewarded? Because movies like Black Klansman are sat right there next to it. And it might be worth noting that at least this year Spike Lee's Black Klansman got nominated. During the 1990 awards when Driving Miss Daisy won, Spike Lee's extremely important Do the Right Thing didn't even get a nod. Kim Bassinger, while presenting an award at the Oscars, took her chance on stage to say, But there is one film missing from this list that deserves to be on it because, ironically, it might tell the biggest truth of all, and that's Do the Right Thing. And here we have it. Yes. History has repeated yes. itself. No wonder Spike Lee was so upset again, saying, No, I thought it was courtside of the garden. The ref made a bad call. <laughs> so if history's going to repeat itself, let's quickly look what was happening back in 89-90. Well, Bush had just had a rocky presidential transition from Reagan. It was a time of change. People maybe didn't want to face the struggle of an open conversation. Or maybe they had optimism about the ease of race relations following Reagan's cultivation of reverse racism and his crackdown on civil rights policies. Let's consider the Academy as a cultural microcosm of how our media views the world around us now, or at least how we view the world through media. The Academy is changing too. Being dragged along for sure, but it's diversifying. And just like in 1990, maybe we're clinging to safety in the face of change. But I find it so frustrating. Driving Miss Daisy still won back then. And what followed the year after? Dances with Wolves, in which Kevin Costner solves race relations with Native Americans. I just hope that, as Driving Miss Daisy was followed by Dances with Wolves, as Moonlight was followed in the mainstream by more challenging debates, just look at Get Out, that Green Book doesn't allow us to sit back and reward the argument that everything is fine. I hope we're not so tired of the endless barrage of political arguing that at this point we've just resigned again to accept a comforting feel-good answer, and that that attitude doesn't continue to bleed into the type of cinema we reward. That being said, for Night Wasn't All Dower, the documentary short period, end of sentence, filled in that challenging conversation gap. Olivia Colman continued the trend of British actresses playing Queen's winning awards, and Roma won exactly what it deserved to. Uh, so I'd love to know what you thought. Get in touch through social media or email. The links are in the description below. What do you think the ongoing implications of Green Book winning are? Do you think Green Book should have won? And what were your highlights of the show? Until next time, good night. You've been listening to the Three Pixels podcast with Alan Taylor, Martin Gregory, and me, Ben Ridley. Music provided by Epidemic Sound. With that, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night. <laughs>